Have you ever wondered what Jesus would say if he could speak to you today? Join us on our podcast, A Weekly Message from Jesus, as I use my gift of spirit communication to bring you a channeled message from Jesus. The link is a weekly message from Jesus.podbeam.com. His messages will bring you much happiness and guidance in your life. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dualist Community Movie Review Series. I am understanding both the influence that I have in each and every moment, but at the same time, how little I know what that actually means, what the impact is going to be, what it's going to mean about me, what it's going to mean about everyone involved in each and every <laughs> influence and uh, moment that I share with everything. But I do know that there will be an impact. And so I both take it lightly as well as heavily, kind of kind of simultaneously, uh, and enjoying the uh, the ability to do so. And I likewise have no idea what's coming. And I don't want to know what's coming. Because if I did know what was coming, it would change what's coming. And that's really the whole point about this blessed experience that we have in uncertainty is that it comes down to what we do now. What we do now creates a ripple and that ripple creates other ripples and we don't get to know what those other ripples do, but we have to have faith that they are being embodied and experienced by people who are very much the same as we are in terms of being existence itself. And so although we will never know where these ripples are going, it's enough that we know what we do with them when they arrive to us. And on that note, today's movie review is of The Butterfly Effect, which came out in 2004 and stars Ashton Kutcher and Amy Smart. And this movie is really cool. Frankly, I've seen this movie a few times. Um, at first, when I watched this movie, I really did think it was about ripples and change and responsibility. And there is definitely a lot of that in this movie. But this movie is also about like time and space and awareness and the multiverse. There's a lot in this movie and it ties into a lot of the conversations that we've been having lately. And that's the reason that it came up. So I'm not going to say anything else and I'm just going to pass it to Andrew and he's going to cause the first ripple. Yeah, this was a, uh, this was an intense one. I, uh, I watched it with uh, a couple of my friends who were visiting me and my brother and there was there was a hesitation like they weren't sure they wanted to keep watching it after the first 30 minutes and i was like yeah stop being a bunch of bitches like you're fine and uh so you know we kept at it and i think it was uh it's interesting because there's so many different aspects and layers to to this movie from the recognition that you know you don't actually know what impacts are going to be made a little control we have over situations the understanding that you know i think it helps for those who have certain regrets about certain parts of their life that they can see that you know as much as you think that thing was a certain way you don't know what the actual impacts would have been if things had been different they had gone exactly how you would have wanted them to go. And so it kind of, um, 
I don't know, at least for me, for certain things, not that I have any regrets really, but uh, looking back at certain things, understanding that if they had been different, I may not be where I'm at right now. Things could be completely different. Even just the littlest, even just the smallest shift can change everything. And uh, I think that was well portrayed in this. And and that was sort of the the overarching messages I got at least, but at the same time, there was so much more to uh, how certain scenes played out, how his his memories played out and like going back into them, whether or not he had an impact and like kind of the, there were some scenes where I felt like time collapsed into itself. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to get into those, but again, just getting this out there early on. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's going to be spoilers. There's already been spoilers. Um, so yeah, pause it, go watch it, check it out. Definitely worth the watch. Um, and yeah, always recommend doing that before listening to these episodes. You know, that said, I have to ask Andrew, did you watch the theatrical release or the director's cut? That is, that's a good question. Uh, should I go check that right now? Cause okay. Well, let me ask you, what was your ending? It was walking past each other in New York. Oh, this is going to be a good episode. I watched the director's cut and the ending is totally different. Oh, fuck. Because <laughs> uh, part of me, at least for that ending that I saw, it was like, as much as there's so many brutal scenes throughout the movie, like that was heart wrenching sort of at the end. But I, fuck, now I want to watch the other one. <laughs> so I've seen both versions. Um, this time I watched the director's cut and the director's cut is far more heart wrenching. And the reason I say that I'm not going to fuck. I got to tell you, don't I? I'll yeah, just say, okay. The reason I say that is because in the director's cut, he doesn't go back that last time and tell Kaylee that he never wants to see her again. He goes back to when he was in the womb. He goes back to a video of him, of his mom giving birth to him and he strangles himself in the womb with his own umbilical cord. He is the third failed birth that his mom goes through. And I think it's because he had three other timelines that came before this one or two other timelines that came before this one. Oh, fuck. That's way, that's way more heart-wrenching than not. In the director's cut, I don't know if you saw this scene, but there is, uh, there's a scene where him and his mom go to a psychic to get a reading, and the psychic looks at his hand and says, you have no lifeline. You are not supposed to be here. Oh, shit. Yeah, no. Didn't see that part either. Damn. Okay. Because... Uh... Well, that was that was one question. I don't know how much we're probably just going to bounce all over the place in this episode, but very much towards the end when he's in the when he's in the scene um, after he's like going crazy, he's in the sort of the psych ward or um, wherever that is and hides like pushes the couch in front of the door. And it's the the starting scene that's shown then at the end. And he watches the video because um, I talked with my friends about it after we were kind of like breaking it down a little bit before 
you know, I got into talking about this and we were wondering if, you know, there's a chance that that could have just been the only timeline throughout in a sense, because, and, and if he had gone insane, it was like each story was him kind of hallucinating each one. And that was, that was one of my friend's thoughts. But then I was like, yeah, but that could have been for any aspect of it. And at the same time, like, this is all hallucination anyway. So is him, you know, hallucinating that not him experiencing it almost the same as experiencing quote unquote reality. Well, this is why this movie is so very interesting, right? Like even the idea of being able to put yourself into, let's say it's a very real hallucination of another timeline of another experience entirely. And then to come back to this life and all of a sudden have your brain embody all the memories of that experience. That's a lot. And the fact that he got burnt by the cigarette to begin with, and it came back with him as a scar. So there's a ripple. And we've talked about this in terms of does the present influence the past or does the present influence another past? Is the current present the same present that would have been the present had we been on a different path? <laughs> I'm going to ignore that one. Anyway, there's a lot in terms of time and existence and everything in here. And what I loved the most was the fact that this goes back to a point I was trying to say about the nature of time and space in one of our Patreon calls about how convincing this is. He came into an entirely different timeline. And it, as soon as he got there, all of a sudden his brain flooded him with memories that made where he was make sense. So the moment he was in had a necessary past that immediately came to him by virtue of the moment that he was in. Which goes back to, back to what we were talking about, about each and every moment existing in potential. Right. All he was doing in this was accessing different moments that he could identify with as his own moments, as moments that he had experienced. And that was the only difference. But basically, he was time traveling. I was just thinking that, that like, it's all it's as if he's jumping. Timelines sort of here and now as a 20 year old in college. And every time he jumps, the past is like almost like created in a sense as he experiences that moment to necessitate his ability to rationalize where he's at. So it makes me wonder if those even happened <laughs> or if he's just almost creating them as a way to feel more comfortable in the situation, you know, whether it's the, uh, the cigarette burns on his hand, whether it's in the prison cell, when he bash, you know, bashes his hands on the, on the fucking spikes in the classroom, whether when he's in the wheelchair goes through that whole situation, like he needs all of that to make sense of it. But who's to say that any of it happened you know, before that? Or if it's, you know, because it's all happening here now and we, our mind needs it to happen in sequence in, either, in order to logically understand it and like not go crazy in this moment. 
Exactly. Which is why this movie is so very interesting. Is because those moments where Evan is blacking out are like little pockets of potential that he can just move in and out of from any timeline. But every moment is a pocket of potential. Every moment is of a different timeline. This is that whole multiverse thing that we keep talking about, about all possible moments do exist and they all exist in the here and now. And so Evan, by virtue of, again, being able to identify with the moment, was able to move himself into it. But having that power, Evan found himself again with the problem of control. Because at some point it dawns on him, well, if I can make scars, do I have the power to heal them? And there is the problem. And that's why his dad tried to kill him. Because his dad recognized that much power is going to create more and more and more trouble. Because you don't have control. And being able to literally swing time around at a whim, you could be ruining things in ways that you don't even know. And that's exactly what he kept learning over and over and over again. He even said, like, every time I try to make things better, it goes to shit. Yeah, and even with that, you know, when his dad freaked out and tried to kill him, like, as much as we can say he was making things you know, worse, it's like we don't really know that either. He's changing things, but who's to say that? And so, I don't know, I, I part of me sees each time in a sort of neutrality, but it, it's all equally, like, good and bad because it comes down to perception, so... I don't know. Do you think that each time he goes and, and desires more control or keeps striving for that, it's getting worse or is it just for those he loves? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Each and every time he tries to change the timeline, one of his friends or one of the people that he knows ends up going down a direction that's darker and darker and darker, whether it's Kaylee or Tommy or uh, Lenny, all of them. Each and every time he tries to go back and make things better, each and every time he tries to change his lot in life, it gets worse for everybody. Until he starts to figure out sacrifice. If I sacrifice what I want, that changes the flow in a different way, and that's where he loses his limbs, and yet everybody else is doing better, as it were. At least they seem happier. Except for him. Which, in my version of the movie or in the director's cut makes way more sense when he takes that last step and finally sacrifices his entire life for everybody's benefit. What I didn't appreciate, and I thought it was a little bit ham fisted after that ending was that they showed everybody else's life being fucking awesome after Evan basically sacrificed his existence. So it was almost like, um, the opposite to It's a Wonderful Life. It was kind of like everybody would have been better off without you, Evan. But the point was, I think, more or less, that he learned to get out of the way. And I would even go so far as to say that there were repercussions to Evan not existing as well. Because when we meet Evan in the beginning of the movie, after he's grown up and moved away and gone to university, he's on the verge of some fucking world-changing research in terms of memory. So 
we forget about that throughout the course of the movie. And by the end of the director's cut, Evan is no more. And thus the world has lost all of the insight that he might have been able to shed on the power of memory. And even in, in my ending, it makes you wonder too, because you know, we see all of those experiences of him growing up and, and perceive them, you know, the blackouts and whatnot as a bad thing, but it leads him to that research in the original part. But then in the in the final version of, of the side that I watched, you know, it ends with him in New York, like he's not doing his research. He's like a fucking investment banker or consultant or something. You know, he's got his vest on. That's the that's the tell for them. <laughs> but um so it makes me wonder if that shows too that, you know, all of that experience, there was almost like a sacrificial element to begin with in terms of dealing with the blackouts and, and the situations and, and all that stuff that led him to desire to do all that research. Whereas without those experiences, and it doesn't go through necessarily his life in the same way after in my ending, he tells Kaylee, like, I hate you. Never talk to me, blah, blah, blah. And basically just like cuts, cuts her out of his life from when he was seven years old. He doesn't have those experiences. And so he just goes on to not be as impactful on the world, most likely. But yeah, each and every, each and every time as he goes through it, it's, he's trying to, make things better but still there's still that concentration on himself as well like he's not willing to let go of that until he finally is and is able to even you know in my version able to sacrifice his you know the love of his life basically and willing to set her free you know there's that the cliche if you love someone enough you let him go and he had that kind of experience but it did come down to him sacrificing himself and then obviously in Ray's version like full-on sacrificing himself but yeah I don't know if that's the uh that's the best message for people to be getting who aren't you know feeling great about themselves that you know yeah it would have been better if you were never born yeah that's probably (laughs) not the best message but again it ties into the rest of the movie uh because in all honesty the original ending that I saw, the theatrical ending that you watched. Hey, it's Jermaine from the Healing Time Podcast. Listen, I know you may not need this, but I know you know somebody who's broken, somebody who has lost hope, somebody just down and out. Tell them that the Healing Time Podcast is here. It is a new day. Let's get better together kind of didn't make sense. And the reason I say that is only because as Evan is doing this over and over and over again, his brain is taking a beating. That is one thing we see repeatedly through the movie, that there is a cost in terms of what it's doing to his physiology, to his body. And towards the end, it really builds quite intensely to the point where they're like, yeah, it's surprising he's even walking. And yet in the theatrical version, none of that is addressed. Suddenly he's just better and walking around in a suit in New York. Whereas in my version, it's because it was a death sentence. The type of control that he was trying to yield 
had a cost that was too great. And so that made sense. And I wanted to touch on this very quickly because we talk about the limitlessness of awareness. We talk about the nature of time and space and the fact that there really is only one moment in infinite potential and that we have a linear experience of that based on what makes sense to us as the awareness of reality itself. We talk about that and we talk about the fact that things like this movie are pointing towards something that might conceivably actually be possible to an awareness advanced enough with less limitation. But I would say that it's also pointing towards a greater cost in terms of the repercussions, the size of the ripples, not just in the lives of those around you, but in yourself as well. And so I wanted to mention the fact that we kind of do this to a smaller degree right now with far less consequence in terms of getting lost in imagination, daydreaming, getting fixated on a traumatic memory. All of these things are changing our timeline. All of these things are changing the choices that we make. They're changing how we experience ourselves and the world. I remember I was uh, meditating one day and I was really involved with this experience that I was having of walking down a hallway. And in this experience of walking down a hallway, I came to a set of stairs and I was walking down the stairs and I tripped and I fell. And as I'm falling down the stairs, I can feel the pain as I'm knocking my bones and I'm, I'm hurting myself and I'm doing all that. And I felt it vividly, vividly. And I was just meditating. I was just going through visualizations at the time, but I felt it. And I will tell you right now, every time I walk down the stairs to this day, I remember it. I'm more careful. Did I actually have to go to another timeline to experience that and bring it back to me and embody that lesson in this timeline and change Ray's entire course going into the future? No, but I am accessing all of those potential moments just through my awareness, through my imagination. In the case of this movie, Evan was only able to access things that he could identify with. We don't have that limitation. That is a great point. And... Hmm. Makes me wonder just, you know, because we've talked before about imagination and the the power of that, how it actually impacts it. And and people, it's been proven through visualization. You know, you can you can very much experience a situation, a moment, and even, you know, lifting weights. They say you you do it and you know, it's what, 10%? of an actual impact of like actually doing it or practicing practicing piano or something like that like going through it in your mind has actual impact so i don't know that makes me wonder if we're not accessing we aren't literally accessing another timeline in which we're experiencing that to a degree but it's almost it's almost like our perception of that experience of that other timeline and and how we don't see it as quote unquote real life limits the impact that it has like if we did see it more closely as just as real as this if it wouldn't have a higher impact you know maybe 20 30 40% as close to this experience and and if we're not always sort of accessing that potential and everything we experience inside of our mind, like 
is another timeline in a sense because you know in infinity eternity here and now like who's to say it isn't other timelines that we're we're accessing in each and every moment and have that potential to do so and so in in the butterfly effect they kind of showed that through the blackouts is like that being because i even had written in my notes kind of similar to you saying it's like a pocket of potential i saw it as like a portal in a way and and you know something along those lines where he was able to access those things and there was a couple scenes uh notably the the knife scene in the kitchen and i think the one with his dad as well where like he didn't change things as much and so the scene was the same as the one he experienced and that's when i said you know at the in the intro i was saying like felt like time sort of collapsed on that because that real especially the knife scene like really kind of tripped me out and so i don't know in in relation to i, I guess that's kind of a little bit off what i was saying with the multiple timelines that we're always experiencing not really no because in those cases there were only certain things that he could do his options were limited so there were only so many branches that he could go in like in the case with his father he was in a locked room there was nowhere he could go he had a small body compared to his dad there was no sense of control there it's not like all of a sudden he could have busted out a martial art he was nine years old or something like that right and the same with the case of the knife he knew at that point anything he did from there on in would somehow negatively impact his mom and so he just dropped it Right. So all of a sudden there was no more opportunity for change there. So no more other timelines. But going back to what you were saying earlier about, for example, uh, muscles getting 10% of a workout, even if you're not working out, but you're just thinking about working out and your muscles actually get some degree of a benefit. And it's like, okay, well, how much can we influence that? And we've talked about this in terms of our cancer episode uh, in discussing placebo. We talked about this kind of with dementia as well uh, in those community topics. But as with everything, how much of reality do you really recognize you are? Because that's what we're saying here is that, and we've been saying this for a long time. It's the reason, in fact, that we are part of the Global Consciousness Project at this point is that one's state of awareness, one's willingness to relinquish their ego, their illusion of division, creates a different type of influence on the reality around that person. And the reason is because they're willing to accept that they are that reality. They're not conflicted with it to the same degree. They're aligned with it. And as such, they're able to be more sensitive to it and have a greater impact over it. But does that extend into bending time? Does that extend into going into alternate timelines? And I want to use air quotes around timelines here because going back to a conversation we had before, it's not really timelines. They're only individual moments that have a necessary past and future. It's not like there are infinite timelines. There are infinite moments and as many timelines as necessary to facilitate those moments. Now, two timelines might create the same moment. Right? So it's the moments themselves that are infinite. And the experience of linear time is just part of our dualistic experience. <laughs> I like I like where this is going. Um, yeah, because even uh fuck, even right now with 
the individual moments as opposed to the timelines, like the timelines are almost more comfortable in a way, having that idea of, of a bunch of infinite timelines. Cause there's like a path. Whereas the moments is, as you were saying that I was like, how small is a moment? It's like, you can't, it's immeasurable. Cause, and, and each and every moment right now, like as I'm, as I'm talking, you know, the beginning of the word and the end of the word are other moments that are happening. And I can, I can still remember, you know, the intro that I did for this episode, but every, the further extended I get, the more those memories or, you know, my imagination into the future get distorted. And then it makes me wonder as I, especially, you know, going back to the past, cause that's, ah, fuck. And even saying that now, it's like something you already experienced. It's like, that doesn't really fit either. Cause the future is now too. And is a, you know, figment in your imagination, but is still here now. Um, so with that, it makes me wonder uh, just how much us ruminating on the past, as you were saying before, impacts the moment here now. And as we like even, oh, fuck, even, you know, with psychedelic experiences or something like that, as we go back into past experience or, you know, hypnosis or there's there's many ways to kind of re-experience something and with a different perspective like if we re-experience it in our mind with our current perspective it's like it 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 allows us to let it go but could it be that we actually are experiencing that differently and that impacts us now in like a traumatic experience that we're able to see it with a fuller picture even allows us to come at it with a different perspective and the the neurons that had been created from that experience actually change so who's to say that we're not kind of changing the past because it's also happening here now and like we have access to that but to, to the butterfly effect to that movie like as we get too caught up in that, there can be lots of, you know, external and, and lots of side ramifications, basically. Because we start to think that we know what's best. Again, all of a sudden we're back in the shoulds, despite all of the work that it would take to get to a mentality that could even glimpse reality in the way that we're communicating right now. And I would like to say, that is actually rather encouraging to me. It's often what I've said about spiritual conversations about quote unquote superpowers is that I find it rather funny that the mentality that wants those powers couldn't possibly get them because it's too needy and divided. And it has too much in terms of self-identity and limitations and all of that fun stuff. And so the same, I think would be true for the mentality that we're discussing here. I think that to get to a point where one recognizes you are reality, that it does bend with you. There is no spoon as it were, um, would require a great deal of sensitivity. And in that sensitivity comes wisdom 
and a light touch. And I think that that goes back to the statement that we've referenced before in terms of Futurama. When you do things right, people don't know you've done anything at all. That was Evan's big mistake in this movie, was the big wide swings to try and solve all of the problems. I just need to fix this person's life this way and this person's life this way. But it was never that easy because it always involved other things happening afterwards. And it always will. That's eternity, a constantly shifting moment. All you can think about is the ripple that you're embodying right now and the quality of your attention on that ripple. Because that that's going to have the most influence in a sense it's like the moment that you're at here now is is peak influence and like peak ability to you know let go and and sort of shift things shift things as you but then as you get further and further from that like you have less idea of the impacts that it's actually going to make you have less influence over it kind of in a sense if that like i'm seeing the it's like the influence is at a peak here now and then we try and have influence over other things you know if we do are able to access you know past experiences i don't know like we we long for the past in certain ways or like focus on it and it hinders our ability to have influence here now. And yet it's that mentality of being willing to let go. And you know, there, what's the phrase like let go and let God it's like, let go and be God <laughs> is a, is a better phrase, I think, but it allows you to actually have influence over the moment you're experiencing or I, I don't know more influence over it. I'm, I keep getting caught in like wanting to say control, but like that's not it at all. I think it's just more ability to have influence over the situation that you are here now as that's where your attention is. Well done. That one's tough. It really is. And it dawned on me as you were trying to express that, that it's not necessarily that we're trying to have more influence because that still comes back to us. So we're still not surrendering ourselves, having influence as it were, but just like in our body, a single synapse isn't trying to get control over the entire brain. If it did, it would probably start messing up the functioning of everything else. It's about facilitating intelligence. And that's what we're doing when we're getting out of the way is that we are becoming better conduits for our collective intelligence to function. It's kind of like we were talking about in our community topics episode about frequency. We were talking about the gamma brain waves versus the alpha brain waves. And we were saying that while gamma brain waves are great for complex tasks, it's in the slower states in the alpha waves where your brain actually starts to reorganize itself naturally. And so when we are in the moment, when we surrender, when we are not trying to solve everybody's problems, but actually just allowing ourselves to be part of the problem-solving mechanism that is reality itself, then we're facilitating change as opposed to trying to make change happen. And we're a part of it happening and we're allowing it to happen more fluidly by just not hindering it. 
we become a better conductor for the universe. Right, because here now, without being caught up in the idea of yourself, you're everything. You're everything happening. When you get caught in the past, it's just you. It's just the idea of you, you know, going back, like I was saying before, psychedelic experience, hypnosis, as great as those experiences can be, it's all you. It's it's the idea of you. I think that's maybe what I was attempting to get across in that is that here now, without focusing on yourself, you're everything happening everywhere. And you're, you're almost like more interconnected with everything and you can see more clearly the uh the influence that you have through you like the reality view has through you know this iteration of you but as you go back you know in through your mind your your perception is solely focused on you like how often do we go back to to past memories and we experience it through a lens that isn't us, like almost never. It's it's always through the idea of me's lens. So, and I I kind of used this imagery a couple of weeks ago. How like here now, there's depth to that. And as you go, you know, extend from that on sort of the the surface where you're at on this plane of reality. You're like, oh, I should be here. I wish I was here. Looking back in the past, like I I wish this had happened. And it's all you. And then the depth that's allowed here now is being everything. You're it's it's almost like you're confined to your perception of yourself in the past and the future inside of your mind. How often do people focus on like, oh, how things could have changed? It's always focused on me and how I could have changed things or things could have happened differently to me. But here now, you're the whole. You're, you're it, you're everything. And it's, I don't know, like harder to tap into that or inaccessible caught in your mind. It's tough. This is a deep one. I love the fact that we're doing a movie review and we're talking very little about the movie itself and more about the concept behind the movie, not even the concept behind the movie. We're just taking it and running with it. So we appreciate everybody who was in this movie for allowing this conversation to happen. Going back to what you were saying though, this is what gets me. As somebody who has past trauma and memories of that trauma and perceptions of what that meant about me and all that other fun stuff, I have recognized over time that first, my perception of what those memories meant to me changed and that allowed my life to change. And as I've healed through that process, I've eventually let go of the need to look back at those memories at all. And now my life has changed so dramatically that at one point it wouldn't have made any sense to that person back there. So the question is, am I changing direction in my life or am I moving through various different universes where things get easier based on what makes sense to me, based on who I am right now? It's like you're letting, oh man, it's like you're letting go of past experience and your perception of that allows for the experience that you have now and the, the experience that you have now allows for that like both and neither sort of but it's 
as you recognize how little it meant about, you know, the character, you're willing to let that go. And and that's what's that's what oftentimes keeps the character around for people. And as you're able to let go of those perceptions of what anything ever has meant about you, you're able to almost like move into a, a different universe or sort of, because I mean, we're, we're always sort of doing that in each and every moment, but it, it's like, it's kind of that thing with the, uh, I believe it was the aboriginals or some, uh, past big, uh, plan or tribe said that we got caught in the, in the dream world. So it's almost like as we maintain that perception of ourself, it's like getting caught in a certain universe. And as we drop it more and more, we're able to start sort of flowing between them again, in a sense. Makes you wonder, right? And it makes you wonder who it is we're talking about when we talk about me. Am I talking about Ray? Am I talking about the entirety of the whole thing? Am I willing to accept that? Does it all shift based on my willingness to accept that? Based on your willingness to accept that? Am I having this conversation simply because of the change of mind that you are currently experiencing? Does it all shift with you? I love it. When I first heard of the butterfly effect, not the movie, the actual theory blew my mind. It made total sense that a butterfly on one side of the world can flap its wings and cause a hurricane on another side of the world because things really do ripple like that. They cascade in ways that we cannot anticipate. We cannot anticipate because it is just so vast in terms of the spectrum. And that makes sense if we are an awareness that has infinite potential to go into infinite different directions and infinite different moments. Yeah, of course, there's going to be the influence from the, from the seemingly smallest events to the largest events because there's no disconnect between anything outside of what we perceive like that butterfly and the hurricane or tsunami on the other side like there's no division between those two whatsoever and so as we experience reality move through each moment or each moment moves through us like there's no there's no actual division between any of it between any of the timelines, between any of the experiences, between any of the, any of the moments, between any of the space, between any of the situations. So, of course, even the tiniest little thing can change everything. And they, you know, in, in the butterfly effect in the movie, they only showed their small group of friends and town that they were existing within. But they, each time he went back, changed all of reality change the entire fucking world. And that's, I think, what we oftentimes forget is just how much each of our day-to-day -day experiences influence everything, everything in all of reality, both, you know, ex quote-unquote externally on the physical plane, but internally inside of our minds as we let things go, as we shift how solidly we perceive our narrative to be and our story that allows the rest of your mind to possibly let go of that story 
even more. And it's like this experience that you're having necessitates everything that's happening and everything that's happening necessitates this experience that you're having. So it, it oftentimes makes you wonder just in our situation here with dualist unity, how much Ray letting go of his narrative and story allowed me and anyone else who's recognized that, Oh, they're not what they think they are. How much influence there was there. And of course there was, of course there had to have been, because there's no disconnect between any of those experiences either. And vice versa. I would just like to add that I have often thought to myself, did I wake up so all of you people could have someone to talk to? <laughs> In which case, totally worth it. Thank you very much. I really appreciate what it is I'm going through right now. And I'm glad to facilitate whatever change is happening. Absolutely. And I think that, that is the perfect place to end this movie review. You know it's a good movie when you're not really talking about the movie, but rather the premise it was founded on. I do want to say to Ashton Kutcher and Amy Smart, fucking brilliant performance. The movie's fantastic. Absolutely. You can tell, even though we didn't really talk about your performances, we did appreciate them. And if you haven't checked out the movie, I realize we've spoiled both versions for you, but definitely go and check it out. It's totally worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was glad we were able to get through this one. I, I loved this movie. I'd seen it uh, a while ago, like maybe 10 years ago or so. And and yeah, just saw it very differently, like with all of these movies that I'd seen before. But yeah, it's a it's a powerful one. There's a lot to it and, and a depth to it that I think is, uh, I don't know, is fun to explore and wonder about. But also kind of keeps keeps your desires to experience certain supernatural or, or superpower type things at bay in a sense because you recognize just how much each and everything we do has impact has influence so you know, whether it's time travel or anything like that the the impacts that each and every word that you say in that experience would actually have so it it both excites me, but also gives me some appreciation for the uh, perceived limitations, at least that I have right now in this reality. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and I appreciate everyone for sticking it through with us. This almost felt almost like a just regular episode with like we're gonna start out talking about that and just see where it takes us. So it was a lot of fun. I appreciate everyone. For tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone.